0: This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson.
1: On this November 2nd, we welcome you to Real Talk, a very special edition of the show. You know this show to be real talk about news politics and pop culture, and it is. We spend a lot of time talking politics, and we spend a lot of time talking about the stories that, that quite frankly, deflate and demoralize us, the stories that, that invoke the feelings of sorrow and sadness and tragedy that beg the question, what can we possibly do? As we gather here, as, as, as the thousands of you that, that subscribe to and download this podcast meet every morning to try to solve the world's problem problem's Well, today's a little bit different. Today we celebrate the arts, the creative arts, collaboration. Today we're going to talk about the art of storytelling with a celebrated director and his writing partner. And we're thrilled in just a moment uh, to welcome Trevor Anderson and Fish Grakowski to the Real Talk (laughs) studio. It's a special day uh, for them. This is the eve of opening night at the Rainbow Visions Film Festival at Edmonton's famed Metro Cinema at the Carnot, where before I change my mind will kick off that annual celebration of LGBTQ2S film across Canada and around the world. Before I introduce you to the pair that made this film happen, let's take a look at a scene from Before I Change My Mind.
2: Hey, Marnold.
0: My name's Tony.
2: Did he just say his name was Marnold? Marnold? What kind of name is Marnold? Tony. Whatever you say, Marnold. You're the expert.
0: Hey, Robin, right? Let's find you an instrument.
2: Back home, I used to be a clarinet player for a year. Mm hmm.
0: And you can be whatever you want to be in life. Here, we only have saxophones.
1: (laughs) But that film, directed by Trevor Anderson, uh, co written, by Fish Grykowski, who joined us live in the Real Talk Studio. It's so nice to have you here. Good morning to you.
0: Hi,
3: Ryan.
1: Nice digs. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it's amazing. I'm a little bit pissed off at you, Fish. As a matter of fact. Why is that? Well, Ooh, because we yeah, <laughs> I thought I'd start nice. hot. You said this tonight. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't properly. I didn't. I didn't sort of read through your CVs and properly introduce you. I should go through Trevor your work and 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 all of the accolades that you've earned in your incredible career in film. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that. And Fish, of course, the the uh, arts and culture critic uh, for the Edmonton journal yeah, right for post-media yeah, and, yeah. and a man about town. And you've done a ton of stuff with, with photography. You've got your your Canon DSLR, right here on the table with us. This is what you do everywhere <laughs> you go. I see you with this camera. But I saw you jumping, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, we'll talk about the film, I promise. Uh, <laughs> but on social media, on Twitter the other day, someone was, was uh, taking shots at Edmonton's downtown, and we've talked about the woes of downtown. Right. And crime is up, and perception is yeah. not positive, and yeah. advocacy groups are doing everything they can to attract people to live and work downtown. And you named all of the crown jewels <laughs> of Edmonton's downtown. You talked about the CBC. You You talked about CKUA, right? but nary a mention of the Real Talk studio in the historic Mercer Warehouse. I knew exactly where this was going. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's true.
3: I mean, downtown's complicated, but uh, I just wanted to, as you do all the time, just add some... You know, details to the argument. I liked it. Yeah. Layers to the onion. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry about that. And the, it's because I hadn't been in here yet. And, and now that would be number one.
1: Now it would be number one. That's all I was endeavoring to do. <laughs> okay, thanks to the both of you. Go see, before I change. No. Uh, <laughs> see you later. You're ju- you, <laughs> are, you are, I mean, this is, this is certainly your home
0: province. Yeah. Um, and, and do you consider Edmonton your hometown, Trevor? I was thinking about this yesterday. If it's like sourdough, Red Deer started me and Edmonton baked me. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like
1: that. We'll let the, this feels like a great time for a Friesen Brothers mention. They have a sourdough thing going on right oh, now, yeah? but, but we'll save it. <laughs>
0: Straight to the sponsors. We'll, we'll save it.
1: <laughs> so so Red Deer was the starter. Um, and it, yeah. I, I'm jumping all over here because sure. I have so many questions. I love the film and, and people will be able to check it out. Obviously, tomorrow night's a big one, opening night, expecting a sold-out house. But uh, Were there, there are scenes from Red Deer there. There's that water
0: tower. There's the water tower, the big green bulbous water tower. Yes. That, Is when that when the one in kid, the film? I called it E.T. Yeah. That one. And de- that had to be in the film. That was sort of one of the first images uh, that was non-negotiable. We had to have that water tower.
1: Kind of a, a, an homage to, to to your upbringing, and 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 I can't wait to pick your brain on this. Uh, I, I've seen some interviews you've done talking about the film as, as somewhat biographical. For folks that aren't familiar with it, yeah. uh, this is the story. It's a, a coming-of-age drama about a
0: person yep. named Robin. Yep. 1987, small town Alberta. The lawyers don't want me to say Red Deer. <laughs> um, Why is that? Well, no, I, that's the funny soundbite to say. But the truth is that uh, it, it's not Red Deer anymore because St. Albert Place is in it. Uh, like, I love landmarks in my films. And so we had so many beautiful landmarks from all over Alberta that it it's not factual to say it's Red Deer anymore. Now it's hmm. this small town Alberta of the mind. Yeah. you know uh so there's, there's that, that
1: wavy brick wall outside yeah the douglas cardinal wavy wall yes. i love it
0: um so and the Kalmar pharmacy for your listeners in Kalmar. yes so we we built a part of the set outside of beaumont so it's really all over but the the back to what it is 1987 new kid arrives at junior high school nobody can tell if new kid is a boy or a girl you think that's where the movie's gonna go but then the movie never discloses a gender for the hero and it becomes more about this kid making increasingly dangerous choices to fit in.
1: Mm. Co-written, uh, you and, and and your your. Collaborative and creative partner Fish Grakowski, sponsored by Garfield sponsor. I was going to know you've you've got the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're a guy. You're you're a man of of, of, of vintage finds and 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 uh, restored treasures. Yeah, for real. And the Garfield button is is something special. Um, I want to ask you how you got involved with the project, but I'm just noticing right at this moment that both of you are wearing matching
0: swatches.
1: Right. Yeah. What's the story? Not fabric swatches.
0: The actual watches. Well, the movie set in the '80s, and we already loved Swatch, but this just really drilled home our love of Swatch on the day yeah. that we were wrapped shooting uh one of the producers allison richards and fish and i went to west edmonton mall and bought matching swatches and then the film got its world premiere at the locarno film festival in switzerland oh do you want me to yeah no there. no yeah, there, no there you go um
1: show the folks watching on youtube
0: and locarno is in switzerland and swatches are from switzerland and all of a sudden we learned about this swatch sponsorship the locarno film festival has and every year swatch makes it like a collectible Locarno Film Festival Swatch.
3: And it turned out to be a cat, right? So I got really excited about that. So the very first thing we did when we landed in uh, Switzerland is we checked in and then just ran right right to the Swatch booth, right? Yes. Where where they were being sold. and Because we were a little late. We weren't there on opening day or anything like that. Ran right there. Looked. There were three left. We grabbed them. And then the sky behind us got really mad. Yeah, we made an enemy straight watch. off the plane. We
0: made yeah. an enemy at the Locarno Film
3: Festival. Yeah, well, you guys are kind <laughs> and of And that a, man was, was Lars von Trier.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we never worked in film again.
1: Uh, Locarno was big. We'll circle back on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. But but, the, but the, the star of your film, uh, is it, uh, von does von, von pronounce their name Murray? Yeah, von uh, Murray. taking best. Actor honors yeah. at the Locarno Film Festival, which is incredible. I want to talk about the casting of that for a second. But how do you become involved in this? If, if I'm reading or remembering or assessing the timeline correctly, what a boost back at the 2020. 2020- Sundance Film Festival, yeah. where, where this screenplay yeah. is named to the Glad list, which is a, a list, a curated list of the 10 most promising LGBTQ2S Plus screenplays. So so you were already involved, Fish, yeah, before
3: already 2020. Already How it. did you come into the mix? Trevor and I have known each other since maybe the mid-90s at U of A, hanging out at Rebar and <laughs> <laughs> ter- terrible dance floors and this kind of thing. And so over the years, like as he moved from theater into film, um, I just kind of was along for the ride. Like, so for the first, I mean, you did a movie, but there was a point where you asked me to shoot the high-level bridge. Yes. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Of but course. Basically, it was kind of, you can you can explain how it worked, but basically we had this sort of cheap high-res camera, and Trevor's just like, here, take it, take pictures of the high-level, or take video of the high-level bridge, and I just did that over the whole winter. And then our, our editor, Justin LaChance, threw that together. That went uh, to... We'll Sundance, <clears> world <throat> premiere at Sundance. Yeah, world no, pre- not world premier, no, no, but no, I no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So it went to AFI in Hollywood, and then when we were there, uh, Greta Gerwig, uh, like we, we weren't even going to go to this award show. Why don't you pick this up here?
0: Well, we didn't think we qualified for any of the awards at the awards brunch, so we thought, okay, well, let's just go to the ocean. We're in Los Angeles. Let's, yes, what are we, we're Canadians in LA. We're supposed to go to the water. Um, but then, okay, well, we should go support the other filmmakers at the festival and just poke our heads in. So we poke our heads in and Greta Gerwig is like, and the honorable mention goes to, and so it was like, oh, hello, Greta Gerwig, shaking hands and <laughs> taking this. It was a nice honorable mention for the short, which sort of put the gas back in the tank. And But so to circle back around, so Fish did a bunch of jobs on a lot of my shorts. He was cinematographer on the High Level Bridge, what he just mentioned. Uh, he's been a dancer, he's been a puppeteer, he's been an actor. He's sort of done Odd Job Charlie on a lot of the shorts. Uh, And then I was like I made a lot of shorts I made maybe too many shorts I made 12 shorts over 17 years and the whole time I was hitting my head against the brick wall of trying to write a feature and I just couldn't get my head around the the bigger project of the full length film Um, and then I said to myself okay what if I wasn't trying to be so clever what's like the cliche. What, what am I trying to avoid? And that's the semi autobiographical coming of age story, right? That's what mm. everyone's supposed to do first. So I very grudgingly wrote out this beat sheet of like, what would the story be? And then I was complaining about it to Fish. And Fish said, well, what if you, uh, what if the kid walked in and nobody could tell if they were a boy or a girl? Bing! Suddenly it was not just you know, like a diary entry anymore. Suddenly it was interesting for a movie. I was like, "Oh, how could we, could we never reveal the gender of the protagonist? That's good, very interesting to me, right? I haven't seen that in a movie before. And then make the movie still hold the audience's attention. So then I was like, do you want to write this with me? And he was like, yeah, sure. And
3: <laughs> we, were, we were eating steak at Sundance. Yeah, it was 2015. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's just and 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 then such start, an elite. So, yeah. as we were eating steak at Sundance, <laughs> the idea occurred to me. So yeah, so Trevor, yeah, Trevor basically asked if I wanted to come aboard, and I'm like hell yeah, and uh, that was it. And 2015. And so, that was 2015. 2015, and it took us a long time, and mm-hmm. we kind of wrote another movie in between, and we just have all these scripts flying around, but this is the one that kind of clicked. And how so, do you? Yeah.
1: How do you? Well, both of you. So mm-hmm. if if this is. I don't want to impose the label myself, but if, if it is semi-autobiographical, as yeah. you say, uh, how can you bring a co-writer? Out? I mean, do you need that outside set of eyes? Here's like, the you- thing.
0: Here's the thing. It started off entirely autobiographical. Then Fish got involved and it became semi-autobiographical. Then it became more semi than autobiographical. Now it's fiction. Mm. But what I like to say is that it's no
3: longer a true story of what happened, but it is a true story of how it felt. And there's mm. definitely bits of us in there all over the place. But, and, and in some ways, one of the funny things I've noticed is the real things that happened um, were wilder than the stuff we could write. Like you'd write it and it'd be like, man, that's too much. Even though what happened in real life, you'd, you'd pull back from just because it didn't Like, come do you off, have an example? just doesn't feel, oh, well, I'm trying to think of one that's not terrible, but. Um, <laughs> this audience uh, can
1: handle the terrible. <laughs>
3: I mean there's there there's there are just scenes of bullying and this sort of thing where you just don't take it that far, mm-hmm. you know because you just don't want to you don't want to turn people into monsters, whereas you know I was both bullied and a bully at different points, so which is what the movie's about. It's yeah, about how yeah. does a bullied person s- suddenly realize that bullying is a good tool to rise in the
0: social standing it's well, a however, It's yeah. a
1: fascinating script, you you do never reveal the gender. Uh, of Robin uh, Robin makes a couple comments which are interesting and you mm-hmm. and you, you don't know if <laughs> I don't even want to ask you I don't want to wreck it. I don't want to bastardize it uh, You don't know if it's in jest. You don't know if it's a, 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 a You know a, a, a smoke screen of, of sorts mm. Well, right? the whole
0: the whole thing is it's there is no right answer. There's on purpose. There's no right answer Yeah, it's not if this movie turned into a gender guessing game We're in the lobby people were like I got the gender right like we would have failed the point is to write a movie where the gender remains open, so that it does slide around. What happens to a movie if you, if the gender is allowed to be fluid? In 1987, when we did not have vocabulary to talk about this.
3: And there, there are a couple of false flags in there, just the way kids would joke. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like people will joke yeah. about this. Or but that there's or no whatever. right answer. Yeah. Yeah. There's it's no. Not, it's not a game Absolutely no. 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 Yeah.
1: A lot, of, uh, a lot of, of slurs and a, a lot of <clears throat> abrasive language in, in the film, and, and at the same time, as, as one who grew up in Alberta, around the same vintage as you, uh, it took me back in a way that was somewhat shocking uh, to, to, to realize, uh, I guess in a way, and I'm not saying that as a society we have arrived with our goals of, of inclusivity, et cetera, but, but to look back in the 1980s and realize what was normalized regular language.
0: Mm-hmm. That's shocking. a example of somewhere we pulled back. For we, real. Had <laughs> we had it written meaner. We had it written much more like it actually was. The some of the slurs that I we remember, like they were in the script. And then the producers went, If we do this, this is what the scene becomes about in twenty twenty two. Do you want the scene to be about this? Or is that derailing it from what the scene's supposed to be about? So we actually watered down some of the slurs just so that they didn't completely pull you out of watching the movie. And mm-hmm. tell us about casting Vaughn. Vaughn's amazing. So Vaughn is this, now (laughs) 17, but at the time we met, I guess Vaughn was 14 14? or 15, uh, kid, actor, who had been in like some web series, but nothing big. Um, And we did a cross-Canada casting search through our casting director, Jesse Griffiths, out of Toronto, who's this great, terrific casting director. Nailed it. Who, yeah, did a great job on all the kids. But especially, we knew that this movie would sink or swim based on the kid we found to play the lead. And so I was nervous, like, if we don't find a kid who, A, has a fluid gender, B, has a visually cryptic gender, and C, is a good enough actor to draw an audience in despite all these questions that fly around about gender, like, will the audience actually care about this kid? Mm. Um, So as soon as I saw that, it was the pandemic, so everyone was sending in self-tapes, and um, I was just watching them on my laptop during COVID, And boom, all of a sudden there was Vaughn and I was like, oh, we got, we got, we got Robin. We got one. We got, Mm -hmm. we got the kid. Yeah. And they're just, uh, as you said earlier, they won an acting prize at Locarno and it's usually a gendered acting prize, best actor or best actress. And this year when Vaughn won, they changed the uh, award to best acting performance. performance. Ah, they took away gender. See, I thought the, the word actor was
1: just being used across the spectrum now. The actor, but, but, so yeah. best acting performance. But to performance, be very clear about yes. the fact
0: that it wasn't a gendered award anymore, they made it best acting performance. Hmm. Yeah, and, and going forward, the Locarno Film Festival will no longer have a gendered acting category. And this that's, fa- that's falling
3: apart all over the place. like, you know, one day it'll happen to the Grammys even. It happened to the Canadian Screen Awards yeah. this year, which is cool. Yeah, It's think-
0: harder in America. There's a lot more money involved in having two
3: categories yeah sure yeah yeah, what are, are the, what are yeah. You inde- no go ahead one of the guiding principles of of all, of all of this even going way back to the beginning is i've always and i think you feel it all the time too like the polarization the two snakes coming together all the time like everybody's fighting everything's so binary and and, and i'm always trying to find this kind of not necessarily the middle ground but at least a, a place where uh co- contradictory simultaneous truths exist yes and so i think that's a guiding principle of the movie in a way where it's just like um, when you're watching the film you know if you're worried about what Robin is you can kind of decide and keep watching the film that's fine yes. go for it yeah or it, you but, could you decide know, that you don't, don't care. need to know
0: and yeah. the movie continues yeah. like it's um
1: it's it's almost irrelevant like i don't yeah, want to say it, too much about the film but yeah. it but it's 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 almost irrelevant uh, to how the film plays out, I I will say that there's this this fascinating dynamic as Robin befriends a bully, yeah, uh, and 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 trying to understand the bully, yeah. trying to understand mm-hmm. what makes the bully tick, yeah. uh, makes the the uh, processing or the investigation, the understanding of the enlightenment around Robin. That much more interesting. Uh There's there's a, there's a lot of layers to this.
0: Yeah. Is it a bully-bullied relationship? Is it a friendship? Is it a romantic attraction? It's blurry. 13 is a blurry age. <laughs> yes. You saying you were a bully and bullied.
1: Uh, yeah. I, well, I was bullied yeah. and I was a bully. Yeah. You get yeah.
3: chased and then you find a littler one. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Just animal behavior, and, the, and then yeah. we
1: grow up and, yeah. and spend decades <laughs> processing it and trying to make it right for real, or write a movie, yeah, or write a movie <laughs> then about get rid it. of it. I'm fine now. Then get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, you're
0: the best, <laughs> Mother Teresa over here.
1: Yeah, we're we're hanging out with uh, Fish Grakowski and uh, Trevor Anderson, and their film is going to debut. It's uh, by the way, opening night. Yeah. That's special.
0: You know what? It's opening night of the Rainbow Visions Film Festival, our hometown queer film festival, and it's my 50th birthday. What? Mm-hmm. Thursday, Tomorrow? Thursday, November 3rd. I used to say first feature by 40. I missed that deadline. And I, then I started saying first feature by 50, and we got in just under the wire. Thursday, opening night of the Rainbow Vision Film Festival, our movie, my 50th birthday.
1: You're telling me that you had a goal to have your first feature film out by your 50th birthday and on your 50th birthday your film will open the queer film festival in your a, a, in your hometown. That's right. Yeah. That's we, phenomenal. Yeah. We, I feel like I just got chills. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> we call it, we call that the Underground River. <clears throat> it's just the way things work out and it's always been that way. Weird coincidences and and it's just you'd we all feel this all the time, deja vu, this kind of thing.
0: But you know, yeah. also there'll be a giant blizzard and no one will come. Like That's this true. is how the universe works. <laughs>
3: yeah, for, for people outside of our neck of the woods, it is
1: absolutely we're being blasted with snow right now. Thanks as for we bringing speak. the weather. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm just excited that the two of you showed up today. I was like, this is this is gnarly outside, but but yeah. I, uh, we're we're glad that you made it out. You know what? Well, in our live chat right now, Tracy's watching on YouTube and says this. The conversation demonstrates how important networking can be to any career. I mean, you talk about these connections. And Mm -hmm. these happy accidents And the sort of Serendipitous paths Crossing and things like that I Mm -hmm. don't I don't, I mean, let me, let me give you an example. Like I was just thinking about this the other night, uh, Johnny, uh, our technical producer does an amazing job here and Johnny, this build, I mean, we got the keys to, the, to this new studio back in February mm-hmm. and our first show in here was what? October 3rd, I think. Yeah. And so we had the keys for, you know, six or seven months and you get antsy and you're right. building it out mm-hmm. and all the stuff goes into it. And we would set a date, not announce it publicly. Yeah. Uh, because you talk to like restaurateurs and other people that would say, don't ever announce your date until you know you're ready to go. <laughs> right. And we would have a setback and we would have a delay and a setbacks, circumstances outside of ours or the contractor's control. And then the final, the day that we're able to do it is the Tuesday after this Thanksgiving long weekend. It's on the heels of the UCP leadership oh, yeah. and ha- vote, and we have vote, and we have the, you know, the the ability and, and the interest from Alberta's new premier to be the first guest in studio and to make a bit of a splash. And I just sat there and I thought, it doesn't matter what you think about Danielle Smith, it doesn't matter what you think about me, or quite frankly, it doesn't matter what you think about our new studio. But <laughs> those delays and all of those things happened to yeah. the point where on the calendar it worked out that the first guest on the first. show from here was a big one yeah. and uh, and that was just that's like one example of a million um, and I do I, I it's, it's not like uh, I don't know what they say like you don't believe in gravity it's a fact but something like uh, I believe in this stuff that things are supposed to happen <laughs> the paths are supposed to cross that experiences you know
0: do you-, you know I get asked sometimes any advice for young filmmakers and I always say don't network make friends ah. you know and there's a big difference <clears throat> and so my film school was going to film festivals and meeting other filmmakers and staying friends with them. And, and, it, you know, to the point that I couldn't for years, write a feature film. And it was my old fe- friend from university uh, who was the key to unlocking it. Like, so I think it's just a matter of like, make friends and,
3: and well, be part of a community. Yeah, and make friends connections and make will happen with your own. friends. That's yeah. the thing. Like all the best sort of, collections of anything happening in my life have always been groups of people like the university of Alberta gateway was a place like that where from which Stephen Notley emerged and Malcolm Azania and Don Iverson and just, just all these people. Um, and then we had a festival called golden West music fest, same thing for three years. And it was just like, you know, it was hard, hard work. And some people don't say this, but it was some of the best fun I ever had. Yes. You know, so just, uh, if you, if you keep, if you keep going with your friends and, and, and people even, Ask quite often it's or like I'll get emails or whatever hey can you help me can you help me with my script or something and I'm just like find somebody else and, and, and start pitching it off them and this is kind of an old rule with 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 movies like give everybody your elevator pitch all along but I mean if someone comes up with a really guy, good idea ask them if they want to write it with you mm. yeah. yeah
1: yeah I love hearing those stories I mean even I don't know if it's maybe, maybe it's certainly not exclusively Edmonton but even the stories of the old the the, the golden era of, of like SCTV in the old ITV mm. studio yeah. with these like young uh, comedians and improv artists that that went on to become some of the all time
3: greats. Yeah, um, working together, what a special environment that is. One of the greatest things about this city is that we have a piece of public art that is two artists just down the street, and we just walked yeah. by, and it's Bob, Bob, and Doug, right? And I'm just amazing, like, that is so great. Yeah, love yeah, it.
0: Yeah, absolutely love it. Yeah, it's like don't there's this weird thing that happens in film where there's this myth of the single solitary creative genius, right? It's not just film, it's like, that's just sort of an art idea, but it's it's bunk, and the truth is, don't feel like you have to do it alone, and when you're done, don't pretend like
3: you did. And there's and there's one more thing too, like the way Trevor and I work, like we, we both sit, he's typing all the time, he drives, I call it, and um, we will just kind of shoot ideas back and forth, it's kind of like we're doing improv or something like that, um, but basically, no matter what, Like early on, I'm like, you get a 51% vote. So So it gets rid of all this tension. It's just like, okay, so I'll fight for something for sure. And I'll keep fighting and he'll change his mind and come back sometimes. But I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, if you give one person the authority, that gets rid of some of that. Mm. You know, you, you, because someone needs to take responsibility. Someone needs to the final call. Yeah, yeah, and it just makes the process move forward. So, In our live chat, they're trying to figure out what fish is short for. It's not short for anything, is it? Fishtifer. Fish Fish-tifer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fishtifer, it's your given name.
1: Uh. People, are, people are guessing Fisher? I don't know. Uh, I want to ask, uh, we've got some great questions. Uh, if, if you're tuning in live, obviously, you know our hashtag is, is Real Talk RJ. You can hit us up in the YouTube chat. Uh, this is a special edition of Real Talk. We've been looking forward to this for a long time. We had to to wait for this globetrotter to return to Canadian soil so we could welcome Trevor Anderson to studio with Fish Grakowski. This conversation is presented by our incredible sponsors, like our friends at Eden Landscaping. Uh, yeah, they, they're aware that it's blizzarding outside, uh, but that doesn't mean that they're... Team is off to Los Rios for the rest of the summer. This is when they start pulling real property reports. It's when their design team starts to draft that blueprint for bringing your outdoor space to life the minute that the ground thaws in spring. Some of this takes time, supply chain issues and the like. You want to get those perfect patio stones? Reach out to Mike and his team today at landscapeedmonton.com. Ca. Hey, we mentioned our hashtag, Real Talk RJ, by now. If you're a regular subscriber to Real Talk, you know that that's powered by your friendly local utilities provider. That's Park Power, offering electricity, natural gas, and internet. The best way to save, especially heading into these winter months, it can get more expensive with our utilities use. Bundle the three of them. Save on the admin costs. And when you sign up at parkpower.ca, don't forget to use the promo code 2022-REALTALK. It'll knock $70 off your first bill from Park Power. Friesen Brothers knows that great things happen around dinner tables where great food is there. They've, for more than 65 years, been providing exactly that. Still family-owned in 16 Alberta communities. You can learn more about Friesen Brothers' meal suggestions, check out their weekly flyer, even check out the careers link. You want to work for a family-owned business that has been known for decades as a great place to be? Check out your new opportunity online today at Friesen.com. And I'm sounding the alarm. You are down to 24 hours if you're watching this live and less if you're catching it later To get your hands on your ticket to live in life-changing luxury it's a 2.2 million dollar dream home the grand prize of the covenant foundation lottery but it's not just the keys to the house they'll be giving away they've got beamers and alfa romeos and they've got a beautiful lexus or of course you can take the cash plus luxury vacations and getaways including a guided fishing adventure world-class stuff in support of the misericordia and gray nuns hospitals get your ticket today you're almost out of time at covenantfoundationlottery.ca hanging out with uh, filmmaker trevor anderson his collaborator co-writer of before i change my mind fish grikowski let's take another look wanted to give you another sneak peek at this film that will tomorrow night on november 3rd open the rainbow visions film
0: festival Moving on. Isabella, are you out there? Come on up. All right, as you know, our lead actress also had to drop out at the last second. No more dropping out! So, I got us a new star. Welcome our new Mary Magdalene, Isabella. This is your boyfriend, Jesus.
1: Not just a director.
0: <laughs> uh, so that's, that's the arguable. <laughs> that's the arguable. <laughs> What's it like for you to be in front of the camera? It's fun. I trained as an actor. I was from the theater first. You have an improv background, right? I used to direct Dynasty, Nasty, the live improvised soap opera.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, so, so it was fun for me to get back to playing a theater director named Trevor Anderson. We have this idea that in all the future features, I should always come back as a different bad director Named Trevor Anderson.
1: (laughs) We shouldn't uh, overlook the fact that you also make a cameo as the get-off-my-lawn guy.
3: Yeah, not just that. I mean, and and that was really funny because I just got a text. It's like you have to be the garden yard dad, dad, yard dad, dad. yard dad. I don't want to do that. But anyway, meanwhile, (laughs) P.S.
0: We put out the casting call for all of the smaller roles, and I got so many texts from friends. I want yard dad. I don't even know what it is. I have to play yard dad. That's my life now. And I'm like, no, Fish has to play it. And I'm telling Fish, you're yard dad, and he's like, I don't want it. I'm like, you know, you know how many people want yard dead
3: <laughs> and then i also play in in the uh, there's sort of a musical number and you can you can just see me in a cameo i'm dressed as a rubik's cube which is kind of a which is kind of a, a wink at the fact that every dumb netflix show set in the 80s about 3 minutes in shows a rubik's cube like it's you'll, you'll now that i've said it you'll see it like always. stranger things or something yeah, like stranger that yeah stranger things right away like yeah. back to the future they're all there have well, that actually, so one of my that actually rules, was the 80s
0: <laughs> one of my rules for the designers was no rubik's cubes yeah and then it was like except fish will be dressed as a giant human sized rubik's cube. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the, the editing's phenomenal and and I know that for people listening on a podcast it'll be annoying to talk too much <laughs> about the editing if they can't see it and they'll have to see the film um but but there's uh it, it kind of maybe don't take it as a direct parallel. Don't roll your eyes. I'm just a civilian. Okay? Yeah. This is an no, un- this is I'm an interested. uneducated comment, but mm. you know in the Big Lebowski when it kind of cha- it kind of turns and he's like meeting with Jackie Treehorn and then yeah. it gets on to this really super trippy yeah. but really great scene of him going down you know what I'm talking yeah, about the really was- the psychedelic uh, kind of five minutes of that film that I love. It's usually, I mean, if you if you know, for those that would, would enjoy their films with a big handful of mushrooms, that scene is right when they're firing. Um, and, and and you had a lot of fun, obviously, with with your team and the talented editors that you worked with and things like that to 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 really take some creative liberties there, and it really makes the film that much more intriguing.
0: I like that you're basically suggesting people watch this coming of age movie on drugs. <laughs> yeah, I you mean, know, I suggest
1: people do everything on drugs, but but including watching this. No, no. Oh, but in all seriousness, I, I just thought that the editing was, was really captivating. And, and then there's some kind of like fun uh, underlying themes too. I'm, I'm curious if your personal experience or perspective on religion or faith uh, factored into the no. script at
0: all, including the Jesus Christ superstar twist. Well, mm. two things. Let's go to editor first and then Jesus. <laughs> so Justin, <laughs> then Jesus. Our editor is Justin LaChance, who I've worked with on my short film since 2008. He lived in Edmonton. He's like Franco Alberton, and his gig was cutting the French evening news. Wow. And then he uh-huh. realized like... I'm I'm cutting the French evening news and I have this skill set. So why and I'm French. So why am I not living in Quebec where there's a huge French cinema scene and I'll work as an editor there. So he moved to Montreal, which is why I do all my posts in Quebec because I'm just following Millwood's boy Justin Lachance. Um and he's actually become kind of a superstar. He uh got Emmy nominated for HBO's Big Little Lies. Wow. And uh, also Sharp Objects. Yes. And he just did uh, Under the Banner of Heaven, that um, Mormon murder mystery. Uh, with Andrew Garfield, so he's like actually out of our league now. Yeah. But I keep telling him like you have to. You have to <laughs> hey, we got one. You got to you got to do it. You got to tell the big high paying American TV shows that you got to squeeze in a Canadian indie in the gaps. Mm. So w- we're very lucky to, that Justin keeps taking our calls, and he's an old friend, and he's an important part of the of the creative process. But now Jesus. So in the middle, you just saw the scene where it's a community theater production. It, it, the joke is that within the movie, they were going to do Jesus Christ Superstar, couldn't get the rights. And so I quote unquote, I, my character, uh, writes an original stage musical from Mary Magdalene's point of view called Mary Magdalene video star. And it's not so much to put in there for like the religious themes, but more like, like Mary Magdalene and Jesus, what even are we? Are we boyfriend and girlfriend or what? Like, so that is what we can thematically use to as a sort of a satire level. Our heroes are undergoing those themes. What is our relationship? Bully, bullied, friends? Is it romantic? What's happening? Meanwhile, the parents have a storyline where that's happening. Are we dating? Yeah. Is this a good fit? And then there's the Jesus Mary Magdalene parody
3: level, which allowed us to write a bunch of original songs with Lyle Bell. Yeah. And 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 I love Jesus Crepes Superstar. Tre- Trevor doesn't <laughs> necessarily... Crepes. Let's <laughs> Jesus open a Crapes breakfast Superstar. store. <laughs> and um, yeah, so... That's one of my favorite parts of the movie, uh, mostly because uh, when Trevor and I first wrote the lyrics for it, they were kind of placeholder lyrics and they're really dumb. And then a few weeks later, he comes back with the music that he and Lyle have put together and Lyle's just such a genius at, at, at making songs like he's a total hit maker and uh, and, and it's the dumb lyrics and i was just laughing my head off and so that part of the movie I think for a lot of people is where they're real, like you know they're going to like the movie but that's the trippy sequence that's the, yeah this, this is the part where you're just like holy shit yeah <laughs> yeah, so. yeah
1: Tracy's wondering on our live chat uh, if this is something if this film is something that you think uh, might ultimately be shown in schools
0: yeah um, we just won the student choice award in philadelphia i was nervous like mm-hmm. the true litmus test on a film like this is like what do teenagers think
1: what do today's youth think
0: yeah and we showed it to like hundreds of public school high school kids which is another dicey thing because they were a little older than the kids in the movie And, you know, at that age, if you're shown something and it's a couple years younger than you, it might be, you might feel it's patronizing or, so I knew I was kind of walking into the lion's den with this, but it was great. And they all responded, great. We did a wonderful Q&A, really great questions, and they were super engaged. And then we won the Student Choice Award at Philadelphia Film Festival. So that to
3: me is like the like okay we did it and the, kids, the kids like it and mm. kids are so smart and i'm not saying they like the movie because they're smart but i mean we all, we all know this though you encounter them we, like like just the, the minds of children are unshackled with the baggage we all have and it, it, it it's and, and working with the kids on the movie was so much fun and they were just having such a blast and we were sometimes worried if, <clears throat> you know, they were working long hours or whatever. It would be cold or something like that. But then we re-met them in Calgary when we showed the movie. And this is the stuff they're bragging about. Like, anything that was hard, they're like, yeah, and we Amazing. were on the roof. and We yeah, shot so, for 18 hours. Exactly, yeah. They, they, Anderson they was
1: through, slamming the table and <laughs> kicking the tripods. And yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: What a monster. <laughs> yeah. We, we
1: hear a lot about uh, pe- people sort of, like, identify, obviously, by by uh, what sort of, like, generation, right? Like, people, yeah. who, I, we, we received a letter. People send us emails all the time, which, which we really appreciate to talk at ryanjesperson.com. Uh, tell us what you think about this interview. Uh, someone wrote in and, you know, opened with, you know, as an elder millennial, right? Or people oh. will say like as a boomer or as a yeah, Gen right. Xer or, or whatever. And I, and I feel like today's youth, is it Gen Z? I think we, we've got a, we got, we got Harris hanging out with us. He's doing a job shadow this morning. Harris, what are you, Gen Z? <laughs> Yeah, Gen Z. So
0: what? What's next? What's
1: next? I don't. Yeah, right. They ran out of. I don't know. But they get a bit of a bad rap. Um, But also, I think get a lot of praise. You know, people say, like, like millennials, they don't, they, every millennial wants a raise right out of the gates. Every millennial wants to be a VP out of university. And then people will say, but Gen Z has, has, has these leadership characteristics where they're, they're, they won't wait for the typical promotion through the corporate ladders. Gen Z makes it happen. Gen Z wants to be the boss. What insight did you get, like, working with such a talented cast of young people uh, that maybe you didn't have before.
0: Well, specificity is your friend in storytelling. And so any kind of generalizations like that go right out the window. And, <clears throat> you know, these are super talented, smart people. And yes, they're, and our age range was 12 to 15 in the main cast. But it, you just direct them exactly like you direct an adult. You just talk to them and ask them what they think and yeah. listen to their answer and work together and make the thing. So, if anything, like I go to Q and A's and I get older, audience members asking, like, w- did the- did you have to explain things to those kids? You know, and it's like, what do you mean, <laughs> like, bangs? I had to explain bangs to those kids. No, like gender. No, I mean, honestly, we spent more time talking about bangs than gender. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah well, I think young people today are probably more enlightened. Uh, on on matters like that or realities like that than than us old-schoolers anyway well,
0: th- one of the reasons we set the movie in 1987 was to say like th- This idea of a non-binary gender or gender being like fluid That's not new our language around it. The, the language we're using today is today's language Granted we didn't have really any language around it in 87, but the exp- I had the experience people would say to me Are you a boy or a girl? and I would know in my heart that the answer was complicated and Mm -hmm. more complicated than I had words for. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wasn't gonna have the answer in that conversation. I wasn't gonna have the answer that year. I didn't get language around this until we started writing this movie, which is kind of why the movie brings up the question and doesn't answer it, because that was my experience. Hmm. I knew there was a question I didn't have the answer to. I also knew I had to get through my day in grade eight. And so this movie is like, yeah, we're raising a question. We're not answering it in the ninety minutes it takes to watch the movie, and the kids still got to, like, survive grade eight.
1: What would be the mark of a? I mean, aside from from uh, you know, you know, earning two hundred and fifty million dollars and setting yourself up, uh, you know, for the rest of your life uh, with that type of what we would perceive to be success. What would the both of you? Um, deemed to be a, a successful wrap to this project, would it would it would it be that it would impact one person? Would it be that that uh, people are able to see it from coast to coast and beyond? Like how do you how do you gauge the success of a cre? Is it all? It's, it's already successful. Happened. Yeah, yeah. It's already yes, happened. It's already happened. Take like, us into that.
3: Like basically, we we we'd submitted it to different festivals and some of the ones that we'd been part of for years with the short films. We love them, but they said no, and so we were. Trevor and I were sort of like, "Oh, well, okay, cool. Maybe this isn't going to work out." And then, and then, and then, Locarno showed up, which is a big one that not a lot of people know about here over in Europe. Everybody knows about it, but uh, as soon as I saw that uh, that Jaguar, I was like, "Oh yeah, here we are. We've landed." And to me, like the other
0: side of that is, yeah, like the kids in Philadelphia are responding to it. You know, that the idea that it's having an impact. We'll never know about. People will see this movie. will never know they exist. <laughs> They'll have an experience with it. That's why. I mean, I start. The reason I moved from theater to film, two reasons. Like when you're done with theater, it's over. It's gone. And with film, like people can still go to my website and see the first short film I ever made. It's still around. Mm.
1: People need to go to your website <laughs> and watch the little deputy. Sweet. Thanks. That is. That <laughs> is. What is it? It's like ten minutes. Nine. Nine minutes, and it is masterful Thank i you. i've I, i've honestly probably watched it 10 times like i i just it's just so good
0: hey this is my chance to plug i just found out on plug november 28th yeah. monday november 28th metro cinema is going to do an hour of my personal short films so the little deputy you can see it on the big screen monday november 28th and the tickets and the details will all be at metrocinema.org. with some of edmonton's best popcorn that's right. That popcorn's good.
1: Mm-hmm. And, then, and then and then and beers. They have they sell beers. Yeah, in the get theater, a beer and just, watch a know, short get film. Get a beer and watch a short.
3: And get, and getting back to what you said, I think, um, you know, those movies you watched when you were a kid. For me, it was Star Wars. But <laughs> I, I hope that this is someone's <laughs> Star Wars. And wow. Twenty years from now, I'll hear about it. That's yes. Kind of, you know what I mean? Where it's yeah. just like this was the thing that really spoke to them. I don't know why. For me, it was robots and androids and (laughs) laser swords but I'm getting that feeling already that there are non-binary kids that I'm meeting on the road Mm -hmm. that are
0: coming up to me and saying thank you like here's a Mm -hmm. movie where I can relate to the hero but it's not all about their gender yes yeah, and I think that was missing in
1: closing, uh, I'm so grateful for your time. I know that like you, you've, you like just arrived. You've been you've been here for hours, and you're in our studio. <laughs> I'm and so I, happy there's to be a lot here. For you to you do. You step we're, off we're the plane, to have you here. You feel
0: the moisture fleeing your body, and you, <laughs> you know you're home. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: But everybody wants to talk to you today, and I know you got a lot of stuff going on. We won't keep you too long, but and this is a bit of a cliche question, but I know that there are people that that um, uh, by way of our audience, uh, politicos and and news hounds and and you know really engaged people that are g- going to be maybe listening to their first kind of arts-oriented interview in a while. Good. And cool. your fan base um, is going to be maybe discovering this show for the first time. And Love so I, I think that we're going to have a really neat audience dynamic. And so pardon the cliche question, but I want to ask both of you um, about about your message to today's youth about pursuing dreams. And we talked a bit about collaborating mm. and creating. And, and Trevor, filmmaking is so different. And the music business is so different. And and Fish, I mean, like even – you know, you've had you've had like a a, a big mainstream both you and I did sure. long mainstream media careers. You still have yeah. a, a print career, but boy, mm-hmm. has print ever changed over the years? Don't changed. worry, I'm not going to yeah. put you in a tough spot unless <laughs> yeah. you want to go there yourself. Yeah. Uh, but but like, let me start with you, Fish. Like, what you know for for a young person that would love to be an arts critic yeah. for a major newspaper to have a column,
3: right, right, right. I mean, I, I follow whatever you do. Like, I started off by writing in my diary in grade four. I have this little pink diary with three entries in it, and it's like what I watched on TV. And then later on when I was in grade 11, I just I went on a trip to Japan and just started writing what was going on, and that's how I started. And so I didn't wait to have the job. I just eventually did the thing, started taking pictures, and then the job just kind of showed up. It sort of formed around me. Mm. I never really wanted to be a writer, hilariously. Um, I always wanted to be a photographer more than a writer, and I've done a cartoon since like, printed since or published since 1989 um i know Tell people tra- what it is yeah well there's it's called yeah i may as well come out of the, 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 the oh the, yes the, well because i've never necessarily that. said it but it's, yeah it's, it. it's called uh, it's called I don't even know what it's called. It's called the uh, social distance happenings right now. And it's on gig city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Where real talk advertisers. Yeah, so yeah, we're happy to direct yeah. people there. So I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to Mike Ross that I
1: always don't... plugging, <laughs> always plugging Trevor, ABP and,
3: and I'm busy all the time. So I don't even do it every week, but, uh, but, but I've been the continuous line since I was a kid, Trevor and I work very differently, but what, what I would say is just do the thing. Like don't hesitate. And in, in Trevor's case, He waits every year or whatever to let something loose. But I just throw junk out there all the time. And I'm just like, and it's part of what keeps me sane is just to keep, just to, and, and, and again, with the diary too, it's just like, I need to write down what's happening. Like, so I'll write about this. I'll write about what Daniel Smith said. I'll write about Trevor and I going for lunch. It's all in there. So there's this thing and it's like, it it is hilariously uh, 51 volumes, which is randomly just happens to be my age too so yeah, yeah. i
1: well i mean i just i, I mentioned your canon that you, yeah. you, you you've always got this camera I mean, it seems to yeah. me you've always got the camera with you and you've uh, we've interacted at high points and low points mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and you all you know what I love about the way that you take photos and you've probably seen this more from fish than I have But you're you're not like stand there hold it wait <laughs> Give me a smile like you're just like bam yeah. and you, you're, you're like one shot jack like you yeah. and I'd be I would love to Scroll through the images that you capture because they're very very candid. I would imagine I've seen a few
3: Yeah, there's I have 80 albums up until about the year 2000 and then more than a million photos since then literally so more Yeah, I know yeah, yeah, literally for sure and data management as any photographer knows is the worst part of it and I'm terrible at labeling things, but what I would love, you know, maybe after I die, someone can do this is just have an art show, whatever length of time it is, all the photos just play in a row 24 hours. So yes, that's such a good idea. And this is what I'm going to pick up what you're talking about
0: here. Cause I, while you were talking, I was thinking about like Emily Dickinson who never published a poem. In her life right she would write them and I stick them under her bed is my image I don't know if that I got that from somewhere yeah. if that's true so it's like do the thing as fish was saying as Herzog says indulge your obsessions you don't have to look for the exterior validation it will come or it won't we could have all of these lives and think we're these great filmmakers la 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 blah 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 we were on the radio but then we could die and maybe it's the photos the 24-hour yeah. photo every second art piece that fish is remembered for he'll be dead and he won't even know it you know Mm. so if you're trying to like predict the way something's gonna land in the world you're gonna just it's a it's a world of grief but just do the thing indulge the obsession follow your heart make the thing and that's really truly what matters especially if you're doing it with friends
3: and make and make the thing that you need to make that you want to make like don't chase what's cool or trendy because for sure this movie kind of landed at a good time, I think, in the conversation widely, but we were a little early, I think. In you some see movie. a million
0: short films. right after Reservoir Dogs came out, right. every short film looked like Reservoir Dogs. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like if you start from your gut, you're gonna make something authentic to you, and it's gonna be it's gonna be different from everything else.
1: I love it. I love that you referenced Werner Herzog. I just watched Grizzly Man again the other day. Yeah. That's a, his storytelling is. I love how he narrates. Like he's just, he's, he's, he's like, he's a, it's, there's been this trend in voiceover acting as if I need to tell you guys, but, but uh like just like a, a more chill, very sort of a conversation. He's very listenable and his storytelling, the way that he allows shots to breathe and stuff like that. I mean, I just think he's a, he's a master. I love, love that you, you cited him there.
0: Yeah, I was lucky. I got to go to his rogue film school and like study really? under him a little bit and
3: that, that's incredible. Do right? that voiceover, tell that story. Uh,
0: I don't. Oh yeah. He said he would seen the high level bridge, the short film I make called the high level bridge. <laughs> and I met him and he's holding a Heineken and a clipboard. Hello. And, uh, and he, he says, Oh yes, I saw the high level bridge. Uh, very accomplished filmmaking. And so that's the quote that's on my website. Very accomplished filmmaking Bernard nerd What he went on to say, which is not on my website is like, but it has one important flaw. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, and he's pointing right at my heart. It's like Werner Herzog's pointing at my heart and saying flaw. Yeah, one important flaw. What's that? The voiceover. It should be more deadpan. And I, I, I said, I'm like, okay, take the note. Don't contradict Werner Herzog. And I think, okay, well, um, that's, that's, that's interesting. People tell me it's deadpan. <laughs> he's like, no, I know what I'm talking about. I was on The Simpsons. <laughs> This is how he wins an argument. He doesn't win an argument with, I'm Werner Herzog. He wins it with, like, I was on The Simpsons. Yeah. And I think his point was, it's funnier the more deadpan you are. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, and I guess, I think it's a pretty dry and deadpan voiceover, but he can hear that it's not dry enough. Mm. Drier. Mm. Needs to be drier. So, yeah. Too much. Too much. I can hear the irony. I guess I have too much irony for Werner Herzog. Uh. But he's a great... Uh, teacher, he's like he's like he's like he's got this grandfatherly energy where it's like he mm-hmm. really, from he, through his, you know, German distance, he's he cares about all the young filmmakers and wants to help.
1: So yeah, he's he's a great. You you are guy. already that person to someone.
0: I'm someone's sock. Cool
1: You're my sock. I'm your sock. You hey, if you take anything from today, be someone's sock.
0: <laughs> Keeping it real since 2020. The right. <laughs> real time. right.
1: And you can keep the bugs. Hey, uh, that's uh, filmmaker <clears throat> Trevor Anderson. You could check out his uh, incredible work at TrevorAndersonFilms.com. And Fish Grakowski, a dear friend of mine. And uh, I never know where our conversations are going. We kept this one pretty on the rails considering...
3: We did, Where considering, we sometimes considering go. the world is on fire because my people are starting World War III, we did definitely.
1: Yes, <laughs> like I didn't even ask you. I've got some emails pulled from people that have nothing to do with the film. Do you want to talk
0: about World War III? <laughs>
1: well, I mean, I've got, well, got nowhere to be. we've got nowhere to was th- I was thinking like if, you know, quite frankly, you two, if this interview sucked, yeah. um, I was just going to drag you into the muck and mire. Right. Of, uh, you know, for example, Kevin wrote in to say, I, I I think that there are thousands of possible Halloween costume ideas I'm not a Christian, but I do wonder why people seem to think it's okay to dress up in parodies of religious leaders. Uh, why do we have to use it as an attack uh, an attack on a group Uh Uh, why be a jerk to those who believe and I was going to drag you into a conversation on Halloween
3: costumes he's not going to like our movie
1: (laughs) I don't think so Uh, hey the two of you uh, I'm so thrilled uh, to see uh, the success of this film it's so well deserved Uh, Trevor you're a you're a household name uh, for anyone in in Western Canada and and across the country that that is, is big into indie films and the art of storytelling but this your first feature I'm still getting chills thinking about the fact that it's open the Rainbow Visions Festival on your 50th birthday. So unbelievably, yeah, come watch cool. me
0: drop dead on stage. Yeah. Well, don't say
1: shit like that because what if it happens? Knock on the white oak. I don't know. If it of happens, this it custom table funnier, constructed by it? our friends at Urban Timber. You See how? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice well job. On. All right. Hey, can
3: I can I do one shout out? Of course, uh, you can do a hundred. Uh, there's a huge fan of yours named Chris who works at Save On Foods ah. uh, downtown, and he always asks me, "When are you going to be on Jesperson?" Oh, amazing. And I'm like one of these days. Anyway, hi Chris.
1: Amazing. <laughs> hi Chris, and, and th- thank you so much for your support of the show. That's Fish Grakowski, of course, and you can find him on. Instagram and Twitter at fisheye photo yeah, uh, with all Fs uh, yeah. all Fs. Yeah, good. <laughs> Fish yes. eye photo. Uh tomorrow night, uh, November third, is it sold out? I people can no, check out Rainbow People Visions should Film get their Festival. tickets
0: in advance if they want to come because it's gonna sell out. But of course um, it is. I think there's still some tickets right now. If you go to metrocinema.org or even rainbowvisions.ca,
1: I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Uh, it looks to me like uh yeah, okay. Still a couple tickets available for Before I Change My Mind. Uh directed by Trevor Anderson and co written by Fish Grikowski. Uh, a real treat to have you both in studio. Much Thanks, love Ryan. and mad respect.
3: Thanks, Ryan. Okay. Okay.
1: Now get the hell out of here. Right. Okay, bye. All right, you two, and thanks for bringing your entourage with us as well. It made us feel big time this morning in this new studio. Hey, what are you handing me right before before you go?
3: Ooh, I'm giving you, I'm I'm giving you Dragon Dice because uh, I'm giving you Dragon Dice because every day. Do I unleash the dragon? The morning, yeah, let him let him out. Okay. Let- every day I roll the hundred sided yeah. dice. Trevor's left already.
1: Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh-huh. he's got places to be. Okay, he's an yeah, award-winning, yeah. renowned director. Every yeah. time, not every time we we connect, but you often come bearing gifts. You brought, you brought I want to here. tell people in past you've given you gave me a brick from the historic Arlington building which burned down. Right. It has Edmonton stamped on it. It's like a hundred plus year old brick. Yeah. Uh, you you've given me three D glasses yeah. and and three D images that you've shot around town, right. including Edmonton City Hall and the Matart and, yeah. and wonderful images. Uh, you get you you gave me and, and I, I'm drawing a blank right now on the on the sci fi writer, but you gave me several books. I had hinted that I was interested in getting into oh, sci-
3: Asimov probably. Uh, Asimov. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, and, that, uh, yeah. and
1: and some really cool anyway, it's there's always a lot of thought that goes yeah, into yeah. what you so so what what are these dice? So what you do I'm, is
3: you roll that and what'd you get? Okay. Let's see what you got. Uh, an 8 and a 6. Is that a 60 yes. or a 9? Yeah, so you got 68. 68. And so that just tells you that it's going to be an okay day. Okay. If I rolled one today, so I know it's going to be a bad day, so I got my guard up. But it
1: started sweet. It's great. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do some research on these, and maybe maybe Johnny and I will roll them before every show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all we do is roll the dice anyway, John.
2: Let's bet some money on these dice rolls. <laughs> We're already turning this into a game. I have to say that I also
3: rolled a one this morning. You rolled Did a Did you? Both yeah. no of you? No way. Come on. No, you did. Like zero, zero, 001.
0: Like I just have the eight sided die, so I just rolled it and got it. Oh, I
3: see. Yeah. Okay. So that's a one in eight chance. Mine was one in a hundred. But what's one in a hundred times one in eight? I don't know. Right? I mean the the the, the, the odds
1: of the what do they call it? The compounding, it's like like sort of a parlay type idea where it becomes less and less and less like. Did
0: I just do math live? I think it's one in one sixty four hundred. I think it's one in I made a
1: rule in my broadcasting career when I was still still doing pithy (laughs) shallow end morning television that I would never do math too bad live on the air. Just
0: jump the shark <laughs> and so I won't
1: <laughs> Trevor Anderson and Fish Gurkowski. Okay, now get the hell okay, bye. out of here. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Love you guys. Uh, you RainbowVisions.ca. This conversation is presented by our wonderful friends at Local Environmental Services. Of course, you know, coming up on Friday, uh, they're going to present Trash Talk, which is your chance to get whatever you need off your chest. Maybe, I'll tell you what, Kevin, uh, I'll do Kevin the service of reading his full Halloween costumes email, not just us poking fun at it, uh, in Trash Talk. We'll hang on to that for Friday. You can still get it in. Uh, local Environmental Services, keeping it local in Alberta and Saskatchewan, everything that your community needs. You're a small business owner. You're a big business owner. Garbage recycling, water hauling, landfill services, vacuum trucks, fencing, you name it. You can keep it local at localenvironmental.ca. Hey, a big shout out to the founding CEO of our sponsors at Kubi Energy. I am thrilled to be able to tell you now that the embargo is lifted that Jake Kubiski has been named one of Edify Edmonton's Top 40 Under 40. This is a huge deal for the guy that built this business from the ground up. An oil and gas electrician that saw where industry was going. He founded this solar power company. A number of years ago and has built it into the most prominent solar brand in western canada jake's going to actually be joining us on friday for our top 40 roundtable presented by our friends at urban timber as we celebrate the success story that is kubi energy at sherwood and st albert dodge they want us to let you know that they are well stocked right now with the jeep dodge and the ram lineup that everybody's talking about that Ram three time winner the last three years of the Motor Trend Truck of the Year. How cool is that? You'll find Alberta's best selection in St. Albert and Sherwood Park and our Dodge dealerships we're proud to partner with. You can find them under the Sponsors tab on our website. And at Apex Automation, they're all about teamwork. They're all about giving people back their time. I've seen it up on the wall. It's like a mantra. Uh, For this automation crew, this team that has more than tripled over the past few years, why are the best professional engineers in the country moving to work for Apex? Well, because they understand the value of a solid team environment. Heck, they're setting up new offices in Canada and the United States so they can be closer to their clients and so their employees can be home at night with their families. I mean, who else is doing that? You can check them out online today. Reach out, check out Career Links. If you're a professional engineer looking to shake it up, apexautomation.ca could be the best move you'll make all year. I have to say, I absolutely love shaking up the format a little bit. There's always going to be politics to talk to uh, to talk about there's always going to be stories in the news that demand our attention that, mm-hmm. that, that require the insight and the analysis of experts but to get two Gun. creative people in here right <laughs> to get two uh, collaborators talking about their creative projects and what drives their process to me we need to do more of that.
2: that's my rub well actually you know i hate art and artists yeah so you do hate art. that and was just but, but other so boring that, other, me. Than, other than that <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty sweet. I mean, Trevor, Amazing. Uh, right? I mean, like he's, he's just sort of casually talking about, oh, yeah, that one premiered at Sundance and, you know, whatever. We you know, we just took the, you know, the big prize in Switzerland. No big deal. Won the students, you know, the students prize, the student selection yeah, in, you know. in Philadelphia at that film festival. And I mean, <laughs> just, uh, just unbelievable stuff. There was one story in the news that I wanted to talk to you about, uh, though. This really has nothing to do. There's no controversy. Well, there's tons of controversy involved, uh, but it's more of a tech story. And, and a bit of a citizen What's sleuth that? story uh the air tags the apple air tags oh yeah I and saw this, this filmmaker so i saw a, this tweet how about this uh, let me uh, this is this is fascinating stuff this is this is a guy he's a, he's a filmmaker out of the united states and he's flying with his gear his name's errol weber and he was flying united and his flight took him through anchorage you want to pick it up from here
2: yeah, so this is amazing cuz I never thought to do this yet, but this is this is technology gonna nowadays. Do it now. So he puts his uh his Apple AirTag, he hides it inside his camera equipment. So very sneaky, but yeah, you know, fair. And uh he <laughs> he tracks it and he basically says, "Hey, at United, one of your employees at Anchorage Airport rummaged through my luggage and took some film equipment home with them." They inadvertently Took my Apple Air tag as well that I had hidden. So he's joking around. But then at the end, he's like, Can you tell your employee who lives at? And he knows the exact address, 210 Clover Hollow Court, to give me my stuff back. And he, and he then provides he sh- the receipts. <laughs> yes.
1: He shows the screen grab. So and these air tags, these are, these are like little things like they're perfect. You've lost your keys. You've lost your. People are putting air tags put on them everything. Anywhere,
2: inside where a battery would go on a camera, I'm guessing, or, or inside something so like can that. Can you
1: imagine if you're the United Airlines employee that lives at 210? done clover hollow court in anchorage alaska your zip code is 99503 and hundreds of thousands if not millions of people have seen the irrefutable undeniable evidence Mm -hmm. that you rooted through this filmmaker's bag and stole his gear
2: you know what i'm gonna do this weekend
1: put air tags on everything everything
2: we own in the studio Every two thousand and five hundred dollar camera. Every
1: so, I was talking to uh, a, a friends of ours uh, had a remarkable circumstance, not in a good way, happened to them. I won't even use their names because I don't think that they're looking for attention here. But they had a high value vehicle, like like you know, a vehicle the sticker price would be would is six figure vehicle, mm-hmm. and it was it was in the dealership where they bought it, and not a partner of ours, and uh, and uh, it, it's in the bay, and I guess overnight, they say it's policy to leave the key in the vehicle they say for like fire safety or whatever I mean you can imagine keys getting lost all over the dealership So you're
2: saying they bought this so they car have online this vehicle. Or they went no they have this
1: vehicle they've, they've had the vehicle it's a 2018 they've had it for a few years it's in for service oh okay. they take it into the dealership for service they took and it the for dealer well the de- no so someone runs a pickup truck through the service bay door overnight at like six in the morning and steals their SUV, and another car from the dealership. Like, what a brazen theft. Unbelievable, right? So... Uh, the dealership calls them and says, you know, uh, my pals at work, he's, he's seeing patients and, and he's, and he's at work and he gets a call from the dealership that says your vehicle's been stolen. Uh, and we're on it. Well, Mm -hmm. this guy is not one to leave it. in. I mean, he cares about getting his vehicle back. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he, and he's one of these, he's like you, he understands how technology can be leveraged. Me. I just figured out how to sign into the cloud (laughs) just last week. (laughs) So this guy, my friend, so he start. He realizes the cops are kind of like, well, you know, there's not a lot we can do. They're obviously putting in a good effort. It's no slagging on law enforcement, but, mm-hmm. but he starts. So they find out that the, these thieves, uh, they kind of know what they're doing in the sense that the by the time my buddy gets onto this file, uh, they've they've uh, uh, they've shut down the GPS. They've mm-hmm. disabled the GPS in the vehicle, but with this specific brand of vehicle, you can activate your parking cameras, so you can get a 360 degree. Image Ah. of where the vehicle is. Okay. So the first image they get, it's in a parking garage somewhere. He can tell it's in a parking garage. They check it like an hour later. It's in a rural. Setting outside Saint Albert, okay. uh, just north of Edmonton, so they can they're kind of using landmarks. They're doing reverse Google image searches. My buddy is providing this resource to the police. The police are using their for their tech. You know what are they called? Like forensic technologists or whatever. Uh, to, to, so they're doing reverse image searches. They go, okay, we've kind of pinned this down. And then he gets the next shot, and it's in a shipping container. <laughs> this thing is on its way to wherever, for sure. It's on its way overseas. That's where they like, go. The truck is gone. Yeah. Uh, But they managed to leverage the tech. They managed to get the shipping, the sea can off the train. The cops couldn't open it without a warrant, but they got it unloaded from the train. They got the warrant. They opened it up and there was the SUV. Now, they're not sure they want it back because it's in rough shape. The dash was torn up. They're going to have to get it fixed. But I bet
2: they found all the other cars, too. Right? Yeah.
1: I mean, this was like a a quick thinking. and, And this is my buddy. He's a civilian. He's not a cop. Uh, but he understands tech, mm-hmm. and I was—I was—I just heard this story just last night, and I was thinking about this AirTag story with his director, Errol Weber, who's hoping to get his camera gear back, and I would suggest he probably will. Tech is changing everything.
2: It is, and it's like, uh, I mean, uh, be good, because Santa Claus and tech is watching. Santa's but like, always watching. You know what I mean? It's like... Uh, I mean, if you're a good person, you're going to get through life. But now, I, like a lot of people say, like, oh, it's Big Brother, it's too much. But, I mean, if you're a good person and you don't steal cars, you'll be fine. But it is, I don't want to say scary, but it's, like you're saying, it's a little mind-blowing to know that, you know, everything's being watched nowadays. Uh-huh. So, like, watch what you're doing.
1: I'm trying to think of, like, like well, th- there are going to be so many creative places that people can put Apple Air tags. I'm still not over. Anywhere. In grade 10. Uh, my parents. This was the year that the United States was was uh, was fielding its first Dream Team mm-hmm. right, in 1992. Uh, that American basketball team that was just uh, obviously dominant. And uh, and there was a special edition of the Air Jordan mm-hmm. that came out that year. And my parents were so kind. I mean, I think that I had to do uh, some cleaning around the house, probably some lawn mowing, I had some chores I had to do to help pay you for these. But I got the Jordan special edition. What was uh, 92? Is that Barcelona? Yeah. I think maybe Atlanta. 96, Barcelona 92. So it was like the Barcelona Olympic edition Air Jordan. Wore them once. Stolen. And they were stolen out of my locker. And I've never gotten over it. Put I mean, an air tag under the sole of your shoes. air tag shoe. under the sole of your shoes. Yeah. Put an air tag in your. Like, I mean, it's unbelievable. I thought there's no better advertisement that Apple could possibly, and Apple no, understands advertising. Yeah.
2: And not just for your belongings. Like, I'm thinking, like, even with, like, you know, how, like, you know, human trafficking is crazy. Like, if you're worried about your kids, you put one in their shoe i didn't even think about that no it's insane and i mean it might be be an invasion of their privacy but at the same time the way how scary and how bad human trafficking is getting nowadays i mean there's so many places you can implement apple air tags to protect people you know what i mean harris would your parents have to tell you
1: if they put air tags in the soles (laughs) of your shoes to find out where you were with your friends No, he says, yeah, no, they just do it.
2: Because, like, you know, and and people will say, again, that's what I'm saying, the big brother mentality, people say, does it cross the line? But I mean, what lengths would you go to protect not only your property, your, your kids, your family? Yeah. So, but this, I'll throw it back up again. This, when he threw this up,
1: I was like, oh,
2: he's showing us receipts.
1: That is the receipts. Like,
2: this person.
1: That is Buddy's home address. I want
2: to get on Twitter right after this because I know there's going to be a follow-up to this. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. Well, everybody's going to want to interview the employee. Yeah. Because like you said, I mean, even with with my buddy tracking down his SUV, Mm -hmm. I would imagine that if you happen to live at this address in Anchorage, Alaska, this probably isn't the first time you did this. No and you wonder if you know law enforcement in in, in Alaska is going to come across kind uh, I'm a guessing
2: cache. life up in Anchorage is is, is kind of laid back and you've probably been this is a racket you've been doing for a while this isn't the first time you've <laughs> taken yeah. a, an expensive piece of camera equipment you found in luggage home or, Amazing. or something along I'd love,
1: love to hear from real talkers where are you putting apple airtags like do you have a story to tell of how an airtag and 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 we haven't even touched on just the convenience factor i lose my wallet like i don't <laughs> you are I, the king I, i'm of the king of my wife is <laughs> Carrie doesn't even answer me anymore. When I say, babe, have you seen my wallet? You she come just, in here
2: sometimes. She and just you're like, smirks. Do you have my keys? I'm yeah. like, why, why would I have your keys? Yeah,
1: well, cause I, <laughs> but they're never lost. They're just misplaced. <laughs> right? I told the story of the Connor McDavid rookie card that, that I have somewhere. I know it's not lost. I just my don't nest know egg wh- is in
2: the house. I, I, I don't know where it is.
1: So I'm <laughs> trying to teach to, to talk to Wyatt, our seven year old. I say, if you see this card, be so careful with it. Same
2: thing with me. Like you'll see today in the show, we had the uh, the all these new camera angles. Well, one of our really expensive cameras has a very expensive lens mount, and I can't find it. But it's not lost. It's somewhere here. But if I had air tagged all the expensive stuff. If you air tagged all the expensive stuff in a where,
1: studio, you would have, you'd spend more on air tags than replacing the expensive stuff, probably. Do you
2: know how much I would nerd out if, if I had like 78 Apple AirTags that I could queue <laughs> up on my phone and be like, your phone? <laughs> Where is this?
1: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> of course, it is uh, Wednesday today, and every Wednesday it's our pleasure to head out to the. Rockies, So to speak, Uh, it's called My Jasper Memories, and it's presented every week by our good friends at Tourism Jasper. We want to celebrate the art of crushing pints in the mountains. If if you'll bear with us, is there anything better Uh, for those of you that are catching this on YouTube? I wanted to share this special memory, just a, a, a little 10 second snippet of of our family on the patio of the Jasper Brewing Company. This was last fall. I think that was called, it was some sort of a tangerine microbrew that they did. Absolutely fabulous and quality family time. There's nothing better than the mountain backdrop and special time with the people you love. Pints and, well, Pinot, if wine's your thing. I mean, who doesn't enjoy that? Uh, now, what if I told you to get that pint, though, you had to run up and then back down Jasper's famous Pyramid Lake Road? There's a new race in everybody's favorite mountain town. They're calling it the Pints and Pinot Run. And it's happening in just a few weeks. November 26th, as a matter of fact. This fun new event includes three distances. So the full pint is 16 kilometers long. The half pint, I love it eight kilometers and then the glass of red race is 5k there's also a 1k just for the run walk drink distance and every athlete every participant who crosses the finish line gets a complimentary beverage at one of the fine partner establishments around the beautiful town of jasper plus if you're among the first 400 entrants you get an extra special free gift so you want to be in the first 400 this is the first event of its kind in jasper so what a special thing to get involved with post Festivities around 5.30, multiple food and drink and retail specials at restaurants and stores around town. I love window shopping in Jasper. Now, the race itself, of course, beautiful views of the town, of the Athabasca Valley, as you climb up toward world-famous Pyramid Mountain. And you can register right now at pintsandpino.run. Now, it's P-I-N-O, so drop the T, okay? It's Pints and pintsandpino.run. Dot run and of course you can learn more at Jasper.travel as well I'm putting out the call to real talkers whether you're crushing pints whether you're crushing half marathons whatever it is that you're doing at Jasper we want to see the photos and video so we can share them with the real talk audience make sure you use the hashtag realtalkRJ and my Jasper on Instagram or Twitter and you could see your images your memories featured right here on a future Wednesday edition of the show. Before we go, I wanted to remind you as well what we have coming up over the next couple of days, and uh, let me give a quick shout out before I do to our friends at the Dairy Queen of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. I chatted with them yesterday. These family-owned businesses are so impressed with the real talkers that are swinging by and introducing themselves in the drive-through windows and in the stores that I wanted to give a very special mention. These are family-owned locations. It's it's Mark and Michelle Cardinal, and it's Michael Lieber, and they are believers in real talk and they're amazing partners of ours and so before we go i wanted to say if the mood strikes today whether it's a signature stack burger you're looking for maybe it's the fall blizzard collection if you're anywhere near the dairy queens of palisades nemeo newcastle Westmount, and baseline road make sure you show them some love they're incredible partners of ours and let them know that real talk sent you coming up on tomorrow's show we're gonna meet a ukrainian student studying here in alberta (laughs) and working on drone technology. Fascinating stuff. Plus, an exclusive with Leela Ahir's campaign manager. Now, Leela says she's not running again. She was the only UCP leadership candidate not included in Danielle Smith's cabinet. But Leela's not doing interviews for now, so Sarah Biggs is going to speak and take us behind the scenes. Plus, Friday, the Edify Top 40 Under 40 Real Talk Roundtable presented by Urban Timber.
3: Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, Executive Producer Josh Dunford, Technical Producer John Hicks, General Manager Katie Cook Chivers, Account Coordinator Lawrence Durlego. Human Resources Lena Shepherd, Website Design Mike Johnston, VoiceOver by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Supriya Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandy Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harman Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson.